This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome in to another edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast to Professor Burgess and Bussy. We're here and ready to go again today. Uh, unfortunately, this is going to be very, very topical. I was talking to Jason Rance, our guest, and I was like, boy, I wish some of this wasn't so topical uh, because we wouldn't be in the state that we're in. But Jason Rance, let's tell you a little bit about Jason. He's uh, he's a fellow radio guy like us, Bubba. The Jason Rance Show, it's uh, it's top rated. It's a weekdays, uh, afternoon drive in Western Washington's dominant conservative talk station, uh, KTTH. Uh, in Seattle, Washington. Of course, you know, that's just a bastion for conservatives. I started to say, <laughs> are there any conservative <laughs> listeners in Washington? Yes, there are. And Jason has all of them. Uh, and he joins us now. He's been on uh, with Hannity and Tucker Carlson and uh, Fox News and Fox Business. You've probably seen him there if you can't get him in Seattle. So, Jason, welcome to Rick and Bubba University. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. There are there are some conservatives in Washington. There's just 17 of us in Seattle where I live. So that's the one thing. Yeah, Jason, we hope uh, some of the things going on there doesn't spread to the rest of the country. So if you'll just keep that at home, we'd appreciate it. Well, I'm trying. That's why I wrote the book. <laughs> yeah, the, the book is called What's Killing America. And Jason, it's so there's so many things that we'll get to, but on the book, uh, just and I'm kind of remember which which friend I have a friend. Um, we, I actually uh, do some business with a company that's based out of Camano uh, Island. Uh, they're mm-hmm. uh, just uh, just uh, outside of Seattle, and 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 some of those that that live there that that bought into what you lay out uh, in uh, in the book on what's killing America and our, our our big cities that have been destroyed by progressive policies is he said that we needed to understand and and you touch on this a little bit in the book is that a lot of people that support the progressive movement, they were led to believe that this utopia would really happen. And he said to me, he said, we were sorely wrong. There are some of them that are doing a little bit of uh-oh, but for the most part, they keep buying in. And as you and I were talking before we started uh, doing this podcast, that's something that Bubba and I really cannot understand. I understand having a point of view and maybe – desiring something or believing something but once the results are in to continue to believe it that's what we don't understand well so i'll give you a perfect example of how this works does it tell me if this sounds like a great idea to stop the overdose crisis we're going to mitigate the threat the harm of the drugs that are being consumed and while we do that with these individual addicts we're going to push them into treatment that sounds like a good idea correct yeah sure, i mean sure. that 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 yeah. makes logical sense Sounds great. It's called harm reduction. If I went outside and asked someone about harm reduction, would they be able to explain it? And they would say, no, they probably never even heard of it. But on paper, if I describe it that way, it sounds great, except it doesn't actually work. And it's been an unmitigated failure that is being pursued by folks who actually want to just simply legalize drugs. They're not interested in getting people off of the drugs. And so what that ends up meaning, and it's happening all across the country, this is something that's been picked up nationally as well, 
We are talking about giving people needles, giving them crack pipes, giving them something called booty bumping kits, which was very fun for me to uh, explain to 3 million people on Tucker Carlson what that actually is. (laughs) And they're not pushing treatment at all. This is about legalizing drugs. And so this is about keeping people on the drug as long as they want to. But they pitched it to everybody as a way to get them off drugs. They pitched this idea of a heroin injection site, which then got changed into a harm reduction site or a safe consumption site. It has all these different words, uh, different uh, names. And they push it on people. They dupe people. And before you know it, you've got an exploding crisis of drug addiction, while at the same time we have a porous border, which means the drugs are coming in pretty easily. Well, and and that seems to be what we don't understand about these large cities that really have no opposition politically. I mean, they they seem to be able to implement uh, the full blown progressive ideology. They they are disasters w- without exception, but somehow they keep explaining away that it's not their fault. They, they do. Uh, you know, I, I would argue that in places that are deeply, deeply blue, like a Seattle, Portland, San Francisco, New York, places like that, you, you still have the political arguments. It's just not between right and left, even though I think the right ends up getting weirdly used as a scapegoat for things, even though they're literally none of us here in charge. Right. But it's between different shades of blue start to battle each other out. And so on the one hand, you've got the people who are very, very, very far to the left. These are the socialist or socialist adjacent. And on the other hand, you've got the more moderate Democrats. Well, they're constantly butting heads. So they are constantly having those political fights and everyone is trying to out progressive each other. (laughs) And you get this sense of pride when you can claim this mantle of hero. You're a hero because you're evolved on all these issues, whether it comes to race and homelessness or whether it comes to gender identity and drug use. They just love to claim for the social currency that's that's involved in all of this, that they're the most progressive. And I think you've got two groups of folks who are generally in positions of power in these cities and counties and frankly states. You've got the hardcore believers. They This is a cult to them. And so they legitimately do not see the damage that they're doing because they're that in love with their ideas. Then you've got the folks who can understand that something's going wrong. They clearly are looking at the data and and saying, "Okay, we do have a crime crisis, but they think that it's short term pain for long term gain. That if you really, truly commit to it and you fully commit, you don't just do it one step at a time. You just dive right in and truly dismantle all of these systems of oppression that they claim. That's when they'll get to that utopian society. And so they're willing to put up with the what they believe to be a temporary setback, but history suggests it's not temporary. All of the data shows it is not working. And all of the data shows us what does work across all different types of topics. Jason, you know, this is what I don't get. I mean, I might want to fly and I may have a passion to fly and I'm, I may believe it is my place in the universe to fly, but I can go up on a building and jump off and I'm going to hit the ground every single time. It just seems like eventually they would see that history is not supporting them. The facts don't support them. And, uh, you know, it, it, it really looks like the only rule they want to live by or the only thing they consider to be a restraint on what they do is, uh, and the only sin you can commit is to disagree with them. Right. Yeah, and I think part of that is because the people that we're talking about here, 
they come from areas with very little opposition in the media. Local media is awful when you come from a place where there's just one party rule because they understand that they have to gain favor with the people in charge because they can just ice them out at any particular time, right? Yeah. I, for, for me, I work in talk radio and on the conservative side. I don't care if I never get an interview with Jay Inslee, our governor, or the mayor. Like, I just don't care. I don't, my, my job isn't contingent on that. Right. But when you're a TV reporter, or if this is your beat for a newspaper, you do have to have a good relationship with those folks. You have to be able to get those interviews, get called on during press conferences, and have them leak information to you. And so you have been incentivized in that position not to tick them off. And so what we often get, and this has been true every, pretty much everywhere that I'm, I've been looking at it, and I've been going from city to city to city, this has been the case where you've got transactional stories. Here's a crime that happened. It happened on Tuesday at 11 a.m. Here's how many people were impacted. Then they move on. But they don't connect the dots. They don't tell you that the reason why we're having this particular style of crime and why there's a surge of this crime is due to this policy that was passed or due to a prosecutor that refuses to put people in jail. Now, some of that is starting to change, mostly because the people are experiencing the consequences. And for a lot of folks, and this is like the tragedy of it all, when you personally experience one of the consequences of a progressive radical policy, taking your kids to the park and then realizing it's become overwhelmed with homeless addicts or having your car broken into or knowing someone who was assaulted by a homeless guy in the downtown area, that's when you start to rethink things. And I, I wish that wasn't the case, right? I wish that we could get them on our side before they had to personally experience some sort of you know, traumatic event. And that's why I wrote What's Killing America. I'm, I'm trying to connect the dots so that we truly know what is going on, why they believe what it is they believe, how to decode the language. So when someone pitches you something like harm reduction, which sounds great on paper, mm-hmm. or housing first, which sounds great on paper, but doesn't actually work. Here's what they actually mean. And if we can't articulate the arguments that the left are making, we're not going to win any of these battles. Yeah. And the, and that's why the book is important. It almost feels like you, you're going out and trying to teach conservatives or those that may oppose this, how to speak a foreign language to understand <laughs> what the, what the words mean, because what, what they actually mean to your point you just made and what they sound like, are, are sadly a lot of times completely different. We'll come back. We're going to continue the conversation. The book is What's Killing America by Jason Rance, and we'll talk more with Jason when Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, continues. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. This is the Rick and Bubba Show. Watch more at blazetv.com slash Rick and Bubba. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail from accepting payments to managing inventory. Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Jason Rance is our guest. What's killing America is the book, and we were we had examples even on our show, Jason. For for instance, in California, Governor Newsom at the end of 2022 decided to remove the law that kept people from just loitering around and selling their bodies. And when the law was removed, now Californians are complaining 
that scantily clad prostitutes are everywhere. <laughs> so shocking. <laughs> Funny how that happens, isn't it? <laughs> but but yet, as you say, someone like you, someone like us, someone like Tucker Hannity, we immediately point to that. But yet somehow Gavin Newsom, I think, will survive it. Uh, he 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 won't be blamed by the people that want to keep him in power, even though they too seem to not like scantily clad prostitutes selling their bodies yeah. on every corner. This perplexes us, and and, and somehow tr- Donald Trump's responsible for yeah, it. it. I, yeah, I don't know yeah, how that. Yeah, is, and, so. and you and you're you're helping <laughs> us with this book, but but what 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 do we do to try to? Because the argument seems so simple. Why don't they hear it? Because you're not talking their language. Right. And, and that ultimately is going to be what this is about. I mean, specifically with, with a case like this, what's the language that they use? How do they they frame everything? We are criminalizing folks who are dealing uh, with uh, low income. They're, they're coming from a vulnerable state. They, they position themselves as the hero that's actually helping these people. And they'll argue that enforcing the law or having a law at all doesn't actually address the underlying reason why they're out there. Now, that would be a very compelling argument if they backed it up by actually showing us how to get those folks off the streets, Mm -hmm. but they're not doing that. And that's really what this is about. And so the way I talk about anything having to do with policing is that that is your leverage point to get someone the help that they need. Just because a cop is involved does not mean that this person's even going to be arrested, let alone tried. But when you have that officer involved, they can use as leverage the threat of jail time to get someone into the services, the services that they need, to get people into uh, a shelter if that's what they need, or in a case like this, to turn on their pimp, which they can't do if they know that there's no consequences when a cop comes out and, and talks to them. So, Jason, th- this is the thing, too. I guess this goes really to the higher ups, and this is the probably, I think, the thing most perplexing to me is that if if I'm a liberal and I'm to the far left and I, I just believe with all my heart that some of these things will actually work out, but the, 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 the laws that I'm pushing and the things that I'm passing have put homelessness at an all-time record, drug abuse at an all-time record, uh, smash and grabs at an all-time record, businesses are closing and moving out, so people who want to work don't have jobs, they don't have services, I stay in power, but look at the kingdom I'm in charge of. It's a total disaster. Is that worth being in power? I mean, I certainly don't think it is, but they clearly do think it is. Uh, again, I, I, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt and uh, until they prove me wrong. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of folks have proven <laughs> yeah. me wrong and proven so many others wrong. I, I do think that there's this this desire to be seen as that hero. So I do think that they believe sometimes in their heart that they're going down the right path. But to ignore all of the data, to ignore the homeless people that you're seeing more of all around your city, to to ignore the victims who are not just victimized once, but sometimes several times, to me is just cruel and and evil. And if we're going to push back, if we're truly going to, to win, we have to understand that we're not necessarily dealing with folks who are going to listen to reason. And so part of my book is understand the difference between the people who are part of the cult of the radical left. Right. Don't waste your time on them. There's really no they're, use. They're not going yeah. to be moved. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're never going to be moved. And you know what? That's okay because there are way more people outside of the cult than within it. 
So what are you doing to convince those people to start seeing things a little bit differently? And if they were moved by the argument coming from the radical left, then we have to use that language again to try to convince them to see the, the world the way we do. When, when you have power of the language, you control the debate. You control what's considered a win and what's considered a loss. And right now, unfortunately, those radicals have that kind of power. And you can hear the way that they're talking. Just like, so let's use homelessness as an example. They don't say homelessness. Apparently, the only police that the radical left like are the word police. So they have to say <laughs> people experiencing homelessness because we don't want to define these people by the fact that they're homeless. It's like, dummy, what are you getting paid by the word? You're basically just saying a, a wordier <laughs> way of saying homeless. Right. But that's how they talk. Yep. And they tell you that, you know, here's a policy that really is going to get, don't you want to get people indoors? Well, why wouldn't we go with the housing first policy, which is the policy all across the country? Housing first on paper sounds great. And again, if I ask someone to define it, they really wouldn't be able to tell me what it was or if they even heard of it. But I guarantee you that they've heard it be described as well, hey, they're homeless, so let's get them in the home first. Let's get them into shelter first. And then we will go and try to figure out why it is they're homeless and treat that. Except that's not actually what Housing First is. It was tried in Salt Lake City in a huge way. And they told us, the officials there several years ago, that after implementing Housing First, they got to functional zero homelessness. And I always thought that that was an odd yeah. <laughs> statement to make because I know people who live in Salt Lake and I know that that's just not the case. And so I did the research. Turns out it was a total failure. Not only did it fail then and they were being dishonest, they were comparing apples to oranges to make it seem like they uh, fixed the issue. Homelessness has gotten worse every single year since. So how do we dispel that myth? Well, you have to actually understand what happened there. I, I have a chapter on this which was not my intent going into the book. I was only going to have it just be a quick sort of subsection in the homelessness chapter. But there's just so much there. And the more I dove into the research, the more that I saw folks on the radical left using Salt Lake City to make their arguments. They're still using that them as an example to make their arguments. But it's been a total failure. And I don't think people realize that. Well, they, they're hoping you won't because this yeah. seems to have been a ploy for so long. And you do lay that out quite well if something they say and do doesn't work first of all they try to convince you that it is working with their language yep. and then if you do ever come to the conclusion like you have well it obviously doesn't work well it would work if the if the evil conservatives <laughs> would allow us to do it the way we wanted to do it they keep yeah. keeping it from working you know you've seen this done and, and you talk about this and and, and you're, there's some voices that are rising up now which I think it's going to take which is what you're hoping to accomplish in the black community. You know, we, we've interviewed and talked to a lot of black conservatives that haven't always been conservative, but finally uh, they started understanding that this language, it seems to be that it may be more likely uh, that the current left doesn't really desire to change their situation as long as they can keep convincing them that your situation would be worse if we weren't here to save the day for you, even though we never really seem to save the day. And, and, and a lot of yeah. them are, 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 are saying, why don't we just judge these things on their merit? And, and, and they do not merit us continuing down this path. We actually do quite well uh, by being independent thinkers, not being involved in, you know, being assigned our views on things uh, just like the black Americans did quite well uh, after the Emancipation Proclamation, 
and, and until they were sold that the government is the answer, they were actually doing quite well. And, uh, and, uh, and they're, they're, it, it's slow, but you do see one of these voting blocks starting to at least change a little. Yes, no, what do you say? Yeah, I, I think you're right. But th- the point, though, there is we have to highlight this. It's going to be slow. Yeah, right. There ha- th- this is a cultural issue across the board. Everything, frankly, that we're talking about are cultural changes that we've seen over the course of the last several years. It was escalated in a way that I don't think anyone anticipated after the death of George Floyd, where all of a sudden, just looking at policing, for example, the culture has shifted completely away from any kind of respect for law enforcement or any understanding whatsoever of law enforcement to they're the enemy, that they're the ones who are going around just randomly killing black people in this country, which, of course, we know is false. And none of the data ever backed up what it was that they were claiming. But because they were able to exploit a pretty horrible situation that happened that obviously caught the attention and outraged everyone in this country, which makes total sense, but they took advantage of that to then spread lies and manipulate folks with the language so that now we have different laws that have been put in place. They said from the beginning, and this is the only time I give them any credit, they didn't really hide what it is they wanted to do on the radical left. They said, we want to dismantle systems of oppression. They believe that every institution that we have, every government institution and every institution created by white people is considered oppressive. So what they did with the criminal justice system was they dismantled it and they reinstalled people. They, they were able to elect some pretty extreme folks into the prosecuting attorney's offices around the country. They made the choice not to pursue charges. You saw different laws getting passed here in Washington state, for example. They have a ban on vehicular pursuits by police in almost every instance. And so what did we see as a result of that? A ton of cars being stolen, driven into the storefronts of buildings where they would then rob whatever it is that they broke into and then just flee in another stolen vehicle a cop cannot pursue. So at the same time, you defund the police so they don't even have enough resources and staff members to do the investigation to ever track these people down. And which is the community that gets hit the hardest? It's black people. Right. Black people in this country are hit the hardest by what we've seen done to the criminal justice system, which is why you're seeing more and more people within the black community, leaders within the community saying, we didn't quite ask for this. We might want some changes, some reforms, but we didn't want you to defund. We don't want fewer officers in our communities because we're getting hit the hardest by these crimes. And remember, it's mostly white people who are pushing forward with a lot of these criminal justice reforms, and they're doing it in the name of Black Lives Matter, that they believe that Black Lives Matter, and they're so much better than everybody else because they're the white savior who's quite literally playing the white knight coming into these neighborhoods and saving, except they're not saving anyone. They're actually hurting them. Yeah, they're they're checking a box, and and they're not even questioning anything, and and it's all about the way it makes them feel, not what actually is being done. We'll come back. We're going to continue this conversation. Jason Rance is our guest. The book we're talking about is What's Killing America? Uh, important book, especially if we're going to try to make generational changes. And we'll continue to talk more with Jason when Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, continues. So, Bubba, we're, we're talking about a lot, uh, you know, when, you, when you're out there and you're trying to get a product, and you're like, well, my goodness, because of what Jason, our guest, talks about in his book, 
most corporations are like, what boxes do I have to check so y'all won't bother us and, and whatever. <laughs> so you think, well, I don't like not having a choice when it comes to companies that may be supporting all this or bending to these demands. Well, when it comes to your wireless uh, coverage, you actually have a choice. For 10 years, Patriot Mobile has been America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. Uh, and, and when I say only, trust me, there. <laughs> There, there's only one. Uh, Patriot Mobile offers dependable nationwide coverage, giving you the ability to access all three major networks, which means you get the same coverage you've been accustomed to without feeling like you're funding uh, the left. Now, when you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're sending the message that you support the things that you would you know, feel better about, like free speech, uh, religious freedom, sanctity of life, Second Amendment, military, uh, our veterans, our first responders. Uh, the, the customer service team, which we love, is 100% U.S.-based. So if you would like to keep your phone, fine. If you'd like to keep your number, fine. Uh, all you have to do is go to patriotmobile.com slash rickbubba, or you can call 972-PATRIOT. That gets free activation when you use the offer code Rick Bubba. Join us today and make that switch. PatriotMobile.com slash Rick Bubba or call 972-PATRIOT. Jason Rance is our guest. What's Killing America is the book, and uh, and he he's, he's hoping uh, to teach us the language of the left so we know how to combat it. Jason, uh, kind of following up on what I was asking you before, the very leaders of a lot of these blue states and, and uh, blue cities that are having all this problem, I understand there's cult followers, and then there's people who just play to the political expediency of the situation. But surely they see when people are moving out, uh, all these problems exist, tax bases are falling, they increase taxes, that makes more people move out. It's an unsustainable situation. Do they do they talk about that among themselves, or do they acknowledge that? What, what's their mindset on that? <laughs> well, they acknowledge it by just justifying their policies by saying everyone else is wrong. We don't want these people. I mean, what did we hear from Kathy Hochul, during, the governor of New York during the last election, talking about the folks who are leaving? We don't want them here. They're Republicans. Go to Florida where you belong. That's what we're hearing. So they don't seem to care all that much, at least publicly, that these folks are leaving. They constantly make excuse after excuse after excuse. And they are emboldened, these politicians, by the folks who live in these communities who are essentially giving them ammunition to use against any of the critics. When I was on Tucker, the, the first the people who know me know me because I started to do reporting outside of the autonomous zone <laughs> in Seattle <laughs> in, in June of 2020. Yeah, they didn't realize what autonomous. Yeah, they didn't realize what autonomous meant. Did they were like, hey, yeah, oh my god, we need help. Yeah, we're not really thinking, we're not dealing with deep thinkers here. Yeah. But I was there and I was showing the video of everything that was happening that was backing up my reporting. I was getting comments from folks either on Twitter or people emailing me who live in Seattle telling me I'm making it all up. I'm like, dude, I cannot do CGI. These are videos I promise you I took. I, I don't know what else I can wow. do here. I'm showing you the fights that are happening in real time. I'm showing you Antifa people who are quite literally chanting Antifa while waving an Antifa flag, and you're telling me that they don't exist. So you've got those folks who just refuse to acknowledge anything that a Republican is going to say. And so they may not listen to me, but they will listen to you if they know you personally and you happen to be a neighbor of theirs and you have these conversations or in some cases a family member or a 
coworker who won't report you to HR for talking politics. Like they'll listen to you and they can have those conversations. And I think that that's the way that we're truly going to make these kinds of long-term changes. However, there's one thing that is a big threat. And I talk about it in the book is the education system. Oh, we have radical educators who are indoctrinating kids from an early age. And when you're getting that message, whatever it is on, on policing or on Israel, on anything, they're going to finally start to believe it. And that will become their worldview, which is why we have to get way more uh, attentive to what's going on in the classroom, because it's not just happening in these big cities. In the book, I cover some of the stories of like small cities that I've never even heard of in Iowa and Nebraska that are very, very, very red. And yet their kids are being taught to hate the cops. No doubt. If you have a child in a government school, and I remember when we made the transition of, of stop calling them public schools, you got to call them government schools. And no matter where they are, they will reflect the current state of the government because that's where the funding is coming from. And it was a brilliant move on the left's part for the Department of Education to you know say those words, don't worry, we're just here to help. We won't get involved. <laughs> we won't influence curriculum. We won't do any of that. And we know that then what do they do? Well, if you want the money, you got to have the curriculum yeah. that we approve. And and they're indoctrinating. You're right. Not just in the big cities. Everywhere. Oh, yeah, it's I, everywhere. I, we had, deal with it yeah, here. We deal with yeah. it even in this, uh, a place cons- as conservative as, Al- uh, conservative as Alabama. Well, you mentioned this latest, uh, I think kind of shocking to some people. The left, I see them trying to dial it back a little bit. But I don't. I, this anti-Semitic... Um, posture that some of these uh you know favorite uh progressive groups are taking right now during the terrorist attack from Hamas on the uh, the Israelis you made some controversial statements about that you are Jewish um and uh, you talked about how the mask has slipped off the left in these american cities and they're revealing themselves and uh, and it's not pretty not pretty at all uh, i can't say that i'm surprised necessarily by what it is I'm seeing. I'm still shocked that after getting all the images that we have seen and the stories that have been told about Jews who were slaughtered, just going to a music festival, babies that have been burned and killed to the point that you can't even recognize who this kid is and the the rapes that occurred. Like you get all these stories and images and videos and the reaction to the radical left is to go out and celebrate on the streets of New York, Chicago, San Francisco, Seattle, all around the country. Having other rallies over the course of the last couple of days is just disgusting to me. They're not there because they're quote unquote pro-Palestinian. That's not true. They're pro-Hamas. And I know that because I hear what they say. And when they chant from the river to the sea, they're saying, we don't want Israel to exist. That's what that means. And if folks want to pretend that, well, it could be metaphorical. Okay, then tell me what they mean by this, because they were chanting this at a rally that I was covering. Long live the Intifada. And we don't want two state. We want 1948. So tell me what you think that means if it's not precisely that they want to get rid of Israel. That's precisely what they want. And these views are rather ironically held. On the one hand, you've got Palestinian Americans who came to this country, presumably because of our freedoms, and yet you're fighting for a terrorist group called Hamas that does not recognize your freedoms that you have here. Number two, I saw, and this, I I love this because there was a, an adorable lesbian couple at this one event, oh, and they man. were holding hands on the pro-Hamas side, and I couldn't help but think 
if you did that in Gaza oh, yeah. right mm-hmm. now, you would be thrown from the tallest rooftop. If you went with your green hair and asked someone because you're non-binary to use the they pronoun when talking to you, you would be executed on the spot. So <laughs> you just don't like Jews. Let's just call that out. Are there there are there grossly ignorant uh, about um, we, yeah. we've, we've dealt with this even on the show. Do, does the LGBTQ community, do they not truly understand fundamental Islamic law? Do, do they not know where they stand in the eyes of a, of a Hamas? Do, do they just not understand it? Do, do they don't believe it? Because, uh, you know, there's been a well, lot. Well, you of, don't see a local chapter there yeah, in right, Gaza. Right. Uh, yeah, because I mean, they have zero <laughs> members, Rick. Yeah, I, you know, you, the, you, you, someone who has a point of view on God's standard, uh, you know, as we do, we certainly stand for that standard, but we're not going to hurt you. We're not going to kill you. We're not after you. And as long as you're not asking us to compromise our faith, you can live your life how you choose. But that is not the way Hamas and organizations like them see this lifestyle. And I don't understand why they don't know it. I, I only have to assume that they have been brainwashed. I can't imagine that folks who are actually knowledgeable of what's going on and what Hamas believes would actually side with them. So I, I'm going to assume that this goes down to the education and sort of the cult status where you, if you were taught to look at the world through a certain lens of social justice and oppressor versus oppressed, well, you could be taken advantage of very easily. And I have to assume that that's what we're talking about here with the vast majority of these people. You're starting to see more and more folks step up and come to the realization that these people are insane and that the views that they hold are in conflict with the views that they pretend to hold here in the United States. And the one positive, I suppose, if we can use that term in this context that we've had over the course of the last few days is that the left on the radical side have exposed themselves as Mm -hmm. on the side of terror. And I think that that's going to push a lot of people away from that movement, which is good. And that's actually an opportunity for us then to approach these folks who maybe are starting to see the craziness on their own side and say, here's another position that you might be able to look at. And it doesn't have to be on Israel. It could be on literally anything else. This is just your way to get in and start to have that conversation. And I think that if we're equipped with the right tools to do that, we're going to finally be able to win people over and make some sustainable change. Do, do you think that, um, like say, the, the groups you had pointed out, like uh, the LB, LB was it what is it now, Rick? LBGT. It's too many letters for me. It's a lot of letters. It, and and their and their support of Hamas. Do you do you think it's because they are anti-Semitic, or do you just think they see the right, the Christians, the Republicans supporting Israel, so they have a natural uh, their their natural position is to be right opposite of that. Which right. one do you think yeah. really guides their decision making? Uh, the, the truth is, it's probably a mixture of both. I mean, yeah. when, when you look at the world through someone who has power and someone who doesn't, you can convince yourself that the Hamas terrorist group is a group that doesn't have power because of that evil Western civilization of, of Israel. And I think that the same people who call out the United States, and we have quite a few of them on the radical left, are the same people who are calling out Israel. They're, they're seen pretty much exactly the same as the yeah. bad guy because they have power and influence and in, in those cases you know they talk about their anti-imperialists which they don't they can't even de- define <laughs> right. anti-colonialism and all these yeah, other right. things like 
they, they just buy into that. I, it, it's, it, it's a more destructive version of like a kid who goes all emo for a few years and starts to, to paint his fingernails black and yeah. put on the, the eyeliner and stuff like it's that phase you go through, which I would be okay with it if it wasn't so dangerous. That's the right, point of your right. book. That's the point yeah, of your book. And, and, exactly. But you're, I think, Bubba, you hit on it because I saw a protest. You probably saw this one too, Jason. And you can get get on one topic and you won't, you, you're blind to the other. I saw a pro-Palestinian, or in this case pro-Hamas, because they were celebrating the, the murder and, the, and all the horrible things that were done. And one of them was literally holding up his phone where you could see a swastika. And I thought to myself, he is so obsessed with these people hated Jewish people too that yeah. I that, that I think I'm with them. And 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 that's a perfect example of what y'all just talked about. He that that's all he sees is that, yeah. that they were against Jewish people and so am I. So I guess maybe they're okay. Yeah, I mean they're certainly taking a pro Nazi position in the general sense as it relates to Jews. And, and to be convinced otherwise i like i don't know how anyone can see any of these images coming or, or the message coming from these folks on the pro hamas side and come to any other conclusion and shame on every media outlet that goes out there and says that this is a pro-palestinian group versus the, the counter rally of pro-israel no you've got half of that right there's definitely folks who are pro-israel uh, what, what you'll notice and I, I noticed this at the rally that i covered but all the images I've seen elsewhere, the counter rallies of folks who are there standing up for Israel and really there to counter the hate coming from the other side, they're waving both Israeli flags, but also the American flag. You don't see a single American flag on the other side, do you? You don't see a single one on the quote unquote pro-Palestine side. Not at all. Because number one, Palestine doesn't exist. And the people who hold that position are holding that position to tell you that Israel shouldn't exist. And so, of course, if they don't like Israel, they're not going to like the United States. We'll be back. We'll finish up our conversation with Jason Rance when Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, continues. So, Bubba, we you know we talk all the time on the program that a good night's sleep is just it is paramount mm-hmm. to your overall health. And and so I want to introduce you to something called Beam Dream Powder. And here's what you and I are going to like. Do you like hot chocolate? Oh, you know oh, I do. Look at me. You buddy. know I do. Uh, but you know, if you're, if you're not getting sleep, all kinds of things can happen and, and less than six to seven hours a night. And you and I can find ourselves there, you know, it gets down to reduce white blood cell count, uh, weight gain, mood issues. It can help your mental health. I mean, it can actually damage your mental health. And of course, I don't know about you, if I'm sleepy and tired, I'm not very productive. No, either. I'm not. Um, so <laughs> here's what we can do. We're introducing you to beam dream. Uh, and we've been raving about this, uh, beams dream powder. It's healthy, hot, cocoa and it helps you sleep and right now we're going to get you a special discount on beams dream powder the best-selling healthy hot cocoa for sleep with no added sugars don't worry about that it's available in some flavors too like sea salt caramel uh cinnamon cocoa chocolate peanut butter uh, better sleep has never tasted better than this. So right now you will love it. Uh, it it's a natural blend of reishi. Uh, it's also got um, you know a, a melatonin. Uh, it's got the nano CBD to help you fall asleep, stay awake, wake up refreshed. Uh, and right now, uh, the recent uh, study that just came out of a clinical study, uh, Dream helped 93% of the users wake up feeling more refreshed, and 93% reported that Dream helped them get a more restful night's sleep. 93%. You know, I mean, I, I believe you can move now. So why don't you go now to Shop Beam? That's B E A M. 
shopbeam.com slash Rick Bubba. Use our code Rick Bubba and get up to 40% off. Go ahead and get this best-selling dream powder now and get up to 40% off for a limited time when you go to shopbeam.com slash Rick Bubba. Jason Rance is our guest on this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. We have just a, a few more minutes. And so looking at the, the book, What's Killing America?, and we just talked about these moments when it seems like the mass drops and they get so emotional, they reveal who they really are. You've said this, we've said this. I believe if the current state of the progressive party will just continue to reveal who they really are, I think they'll have a much more difficult time remaining, uh, hanging on to power, but they do a masterful job of things like they act like they're protecting democracy. When really what they want is a gigantic tyrannical central government, and they've done the masterful plan, and, and you talk about this, of pretending they're so, they are the solution to themselves. <laughs> yeah, precisely. And, and I think the, the problem with the argument, even though I, I completely agree with you that they're revealing themselves, and I think that makes it harder for them to hang on to power, they've made institutional changes, yeah. right? So they've changed laws, which are not always easy to overturn. And when we're talking about the cultural changes that they're responsible for, there's not a flip of the switch. You're not just going to flip the switch and all of a sudden we're going to go back to where, where it was. This is going to take a long time. And every day that we waste not pushing back and trying to bring things back to, to at least the center is an extra day that we're going to have to be fighting. So, uh, you know, part of the reason why I wrote the book is when they institute change, if we don't know that they did it, if we don't know how they phrased it, if we don't know precisely the, the arguments that they were using, we're not going to be able to overcome it. Again, I'll go back to the original argument, harm reduction. If you don't know what that is, how are you going to rescind it? That's true. How do you get rid of it? Right. And they do a yeah, great you're job. You're not going to be able to. They do a great job of these phrases and you hear it and goes, well, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Jason, what about academia? Um, I think conservatives let that get away. Um, we were concerned and, and, and we made some gains in the media when we did away with the fairness doctrine. So we could actually have a discussion about things <laughs> and, and people like Rush Limbaugh came and got very successful and it led to a lot of things. Some of the things you're doing, some of the things we're doing now, True, but we, we abandoned academia. Is there any way to ever get, get that back? How do we get it back? <laughs> you're going to get it back once we have some significant generational changes. You're going to have to start at the low level. You're going to have to start by making sure that your kids' preschools all the way through high schools are not indoctrination chambers. Because the the, the problem is the professors in uh, at the higher education level, they already believe what they believe, and they went through the education system mm -hmm. beforehand. And that's how that they were twisted into holding those positions. So when you start early on and getting more involved in your kid's school and for the people who don't have kids, making sure that when you're voting, you're not voting for a school board director because you like the person's name, actually doing just maybe a little bit of research and knowing what to look for. So you're not, you're not putting people in positions of power who are just insane. That's what you're going to have to do. The one good thing that came out of the remote learning during COVID, despite all of the negative effects of it, all of the consequences, was that parents started to hear the garbage that was right. being put in front That's of true. their kids. Couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe they it. They could not yeah. believe it. And and they're the perfect example of, of what I'm talking about when I say you can get together and push back. Look at some of those parent groups all around the country, including, by the way, in San Francisco, where parents pushed back and said, yeah, you are not spending any time on my kids' education and you're going after, uh, quote unquote, racist school names. 
So they went and pushed hard against them. They ended up recalling three of the school board directors there. So when you guys get together and you have a common goal and you know what to look for, you know how to speak the language, you start to see these wins. And if you can start early on in education and win back your kids high school or elementary and middle school, Mm -hmm. like you're going to be in a much better position where we're going to put kids out into the real world who aren't indoctrinated and then they become the next generation of professors. Yeah, well, it, it reminds me, in your book reminds me of this, uh, when Bubba and I, you know, we're old enough that we remember when the IT world, you know, started to rise all around us, and we were in a whole new world, and I remember in the very beginning, we could not speak the language, uh, and so we went out and tried to hire a IT consultant that says, talk to our IT guys, because we don't know what they're saying. We don't understand this language. We don't know how it works. So we really could not even use it or, 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 or even think what was a good decision, what was a bad decision, because we didn't know what any of it meant. And, uh, and so that's what it reminded me of. So to learn the language that is being spoken, uh, because you can't combat what you don't know. Uh, or you don't know how to communicate. And most of the times, uh, these narratives can be refuted, but you have to know what the original narrative is actually saying. So What's Killing America? It's available uh, wherever books are sold. The author is Jason Rance, R-A-N-T-Z, and uh, would urge you to go out and get you a copy so that you can be educated. And as you point out in the book, it's not going to be quick. It's like turning an ocean liner. It's going to take some time. Uh, but we got to make some ground while we can. So uh, anything else you'd like for the audience to know, Jason, before we wrap it up? Uh, just a big thank you to you guys and to everyone who purchases the book, as you might imagine, outside of Fox News. Uh, conservative authors don't get a whole lot of support, and so I'm not going to get featured uh, for a debate on MSNBC or, or CNN or the New York Times. So, uh, so supporting conservative authors is uh, uh, the only thing that we have to, to keep our books coming out, and I know that especially during Bidenomics, despite what he says, it's a lot to to ask of people spending extra money on a book. Right. So anyone who can, I, I really do appreciate that. Yeah, it's our pleasure. Jason, thanks for being with us. and Keep and, up the good fight, bro. Yeah, keep on fighting. What's Killing America by Jason Rance. And uh, thanks to all of you for joining us on this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast.